That's coming up in February. Uh, sorry, in January. I'm way ahead of myself. Uh, but this morning we have Louise uh, with us. Lou, Lou's actually been unwell with flu the last few days, and I have offered to step in, and pr- I did too. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I thought I'd offered to step in, but I obviously didn't. Maybe it's in my mind I was offering to step in, but I was enjoying my holiday too much. Anyway, let's welcome Louise this morning. You sure you don't want me to do it, honey? Will you be all right? You sure you'll be right? (laughs) Well, good morning, everyone. Lovely to have you with us. And uh, it's Happy New Year. Who's got great plans for tonight? I have. It's called going to bed early. Yay. (laughs) Uh, um, For those of you that um, disobeyed the instructions on the way in and didn't pick up a tag and a pen, uh, the guys are going to come around now. So I think the good Anglicans said that... I want to share with you about a dozen different traditions. I'm going to take you around the world in in a couple of minutes. What some of the traditions would have been like, maybe some of these still take place, quite a few probably do, around the world with a few different people groups. So the first one is in China. And so in China, what their tradition is on their New Year's Eve is they let off firecrackers. They let off fireworks. But the reason they do that is to chase away the evil spirits. So the whole reason that firecrackers were invented in China was to get rid of the evil spirits. And in actual fact, Chinese New Year, uh, which is February 16, 2018, it will be the, the day when the most people in the planet travel. Did you know that? For Chinese New Year. It is the day when, because they all go home. So it's an incredible time of travel. Um, The next people are the Amazigh people of Northern Africa. Now, these guys have been counting their New Year's for a lot longer than we do from the birth of Jesus. So they're going to celebrate their 2,968th. New Year. And they're going to do that around January 12th, but it comes after the seeding season, so after they've planted all their seeds. And the reason they celebrate New Year's at this point is because they're celebrating to want to have a really good harvest. And so they have a tradition where they have this uh, couscous meal, they have plenty of chicken in it because they want to assume they're going to have plenty for the New Year. But also, they don't put any spices in the meal. They don't put anything bitter or any spices because that's not what they want the new year to be like. They don't want bitterness or, you know, difficult things to be in the new year. So they don't put any of that in the dishes. Okay, Hungary. In Hungary, they build these sort of um, what they call jack straw. So it's like a scarecrow. So they build a, a jack straw. And he's taken throughout the streets of the little village where they are. And then at the end, they burn jack straw. And the reason they do that is because jack straw represents all of the misfortunes, all of the troubles, and all of the evils of the previous year. They're going to burn it and get rid of it so they can have a good new year. In Brazil, they have, on New Year's Day, they have lentils. Lentils represent wealth to the Brazilians. And so what they do is they have lentil soup or lentils and rice. and something that, that would help represent that this new year is going to be something that's going to be filled with, with wealth and with plenty. In northern Britain, uh, they have the tradition of first footing. 
And uh, some of you probably uh, come from British descent and you might know the first footing rules. Um, and so the idea is that a tall, dark, handsome stranger is the first person to put their foot over the threshold on the new year. And they bring with them a lump of coal, how thrilling, uh, some bread, and um, what else do they bring, honey? Uh, whiskey yeah, and money. Um, now, the reason is that you want... Now, this is, this is logic for you, for the, for the Brits. The reason you want a tall, dark stranger to put their foot over the door is you don't want them to be blonde because they could be a Viking and you don't want them to be redhead because they could be Scottish. So they've got to be dark-haired. <laughs> so it's good old Sac- Anglo-Saxons they want through the door first. Good on the Brits. Um, and they want this whole thing is that your new year, the first thing that's coming is, you know, it's going to be warmth, there's going to be provision, there's going to be money and I still can't figure out what the sick of timber is for and if you know, let me know later because that's the only photo I could get. In Scotland, uh, they do the first footing, so the, uh, the Brits wouldn't like to know that, but first footing actually came from Scotland. But this is the, um, the old Celtic uh, tradition of hogmanay, but what they do is they build a big bonfire and they get all the rubbish from the big bonfire. But they would also sometimes build, um, again, an effigy uh, of, called the old wife. <laughs> nice, isn't it? The old wife. Actually stands for the old year. And they would throw that in the fire as well. No thoughts of throwing your wife in the fire to get rid of her. Um, that's not allowed. So that's what they would do in Scotland. Okay, so the next one is the Hmong people. from? Uh, they were originally from southern China. They're now throughout Asia. This one's great. I love this one. What they would do is they'd clean out their house and they'd get all the dirt and the dust and the soot. They'd remove it all from their home. They would take it outside... And they'd have a rope tied to a tree on the ground and they'd have a loop and they'd put all the dust inside that loop. Then they would jump in and out of the loop, all right? Now, the reason they would do that... Now, I'm not jumping, I'm not feeling that, you know, energetic. They would do that was to confuse the evil spirits and to to get them, you know, not to know what's going to take place that they would have a better year. Jewish culture... Uh, for the new year is Rosh Hashanah and that took place on the 20th of September 2017 was the Jewish New Year. And the Jewish New Year is a wonderful tradition that maybe one, one time we will actually have a look at a bit further because there's some great things in there but what they do is they have a time of self-reflection. They actually have about um, nine or ten days this takes place over. They also have a period where they make restitution and do good deeds. That's part of their New Year's resolution. Now, we're in Australian society, some of those things we still do, firecrackers, fireworks, that's a big tradition of New Year's. But there's also another tradition that we all do at New Year's, what is that? What was that? Thank you, I don't want to know what Brenda just said. (laughs) New Year's resolution. Now, do you know where that tradition comes from is actually from the Babylonians. Did you know you were actually tapping into such an old tradition? So the the whole thing of making a New Year's resolution comes, dates back to the Babylonians and the greatest resolution that was made to return borrowed farming equipment. (laughs) So if you borrowed some farming equipment, you need to return it, all right? That was the tradition. So if you have a look at all of these Uh, traditions around the world, and there's a whole bunch more. And look, honestly, they all have such a similar theme. There are two things that take place. There are two reoccurring themes. One is 
Let's get rid of the old. This old year, we're going to burn it, we're going to destroy it, we're going to clean it out, we're going to get rid of, because there's been troubles and problems and issues that have taken place, we're going to get rid of it. And the second thing is this hope for the new year, that this desire that the new year will be, will be better, that we'll, we'll be blessed, we will be prosperous, we'll have sufficient, there'll be a good harvest, all that kind of thing, things that we can do to hope that we're going to have a better new year. So... For us as Christians, as people who believe in Jesus, what is, what is the new year for us? What does it mean for us? And I think that it's a great opportunity for us to actually take a moment and stop and draw a line in the sand. We can have a moment where we can reflect. And I'd like us to take a moment to think about removing the old, to think about cleaning the slate, getting rid of the things from 2017 that have weighed us down, that perhaps we haven't taken a moment to unload from our lives. I think these traditions that we people have for New Year's shows that the heart of man has a real desire to have a clean slate, to be set free from those burdens. Christ has done the work for us. Christ has died for us that we might be able to release our burdens to him, to give him those things in the year that have weighed us down and worried us and, you know, overcome us. But often we don't take hold of that. We just continue to carry them. So what are the things that have weighed us down? So I've got a little uh, backpack here and uh, I'm going to do a little illustration. And so... You know, what are some of the things that throughout this year might have weighed us down? Now, I start with the, the obvious, which is guilt. You know, guilt is those things that we've done wrong. We know we've done the wrong thing and we feel bad about it. We feel guilty. We, we know we said the wrong thing, we did the wrong thing, we, you know, or perhaps we didn't do something that we should have done. I'm pretty guilty of that one. And yet we carry that sort of sense, you know, of feeling really guilty and we, uh, we load that in our pack. Missed opportunities, things we could have done, people we could have rung up when we had that little prompting and later found out they hadn't been well and, you know, they were struggling. You know, those missed opportunities when we could have shown love or grace or mercy or been kind, but we chose not to be. I don't know about you, but these ones weigh on my mind at times. I think about those missed opportunities how about failure? Anyone feel like they did something this year where they felt a bit of a failure? They got it wrong? Things that we feel like we failed at, we gave up on? Fear. What did I put down for fear? What was that? Things I wanted to do but couldn't. Fear held me back. Oh, I think I'd Oh, no, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not, I'm not that good. I don't know if you've ever been around someone who, who struggles with fear and you hear the negative talk that comes and you kind of go, wow, that, that must be so hard to live with, that sense of fear that grips and holds people back. Can you imagine this backpack is uh, starting to get a little weighty? I might need a, a volunteer to hold to put it on. Worry. I was thinking about this one called worry. I don't know about you... Um, but you know what we sometimes do with this? Is we go back and we reread what's happened. 
You know, we go back over things. We relive them in our minds, you know, that whole thing of, of worry. You can pop it on your back. Thanks, huh? <laughs> and, uh, rejection. Okay, the next one. Things that others have done against me, betrayal, where I've been, you know, things have been done against me, where people have hurt me, and we carry that offence. We feel offended. You know, it really hurts when people speak ill of you, when they have a go at you, and you feel like, hey, what did I, how did this happen? You know, it's painful, and we hold on to those things. Oh, let's put them in the back. Oh, that's good. There you go. Well done, babe. Okay. Self-pity and selfishness where we feel very sorry for ourselves or we're very self-absorbed um, and it's all about me and what I need and what I want. Um, you know, that's not actually the way that God's called us to live. Okay. Anger. Insecurity. And finally, what else could it be for you? What other thing could you have in your... You know, and the thing is, if we do go throughout our year and sometimes... And we load ourselves up. It's not exactly light, is it? No. And that weighs us down. And the great thing... Thanks, babe. You can take that off. The great thing about New Year's, it's an opportunity to get rid of all that stuff that we've been carrying. Removing the old. Getting rid of those things that have been weighing us down. In Psalm 38, David... This is his psalm describing his guilt... My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long I walk around filled with grief. It's a very poetic description of what it feels like to be weighed down. But, you know, New Year gives us that opportunity to focus and go, hey, you know what, I'm actually going to let this stuff go. I'm going to take hold of the promise of God you know, that promise that you know, in 1 Peter, it says that Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Jesus' death at Calvary took our burdens for us, but why do we still carry them? Why do we still feel laid down, weighed down with them? We need to take the time and stop and actually let go of some of those old things that we're holding on to. Some of the things that, you know, we've just kind of not taken a moment to let go of. Watchman Nee has a quote, and he says, We should try our best to pour out all the burdens in our spirit by prayer until all of them have left us. Very wise words. Actually need to take a moment to pour it out and to rid ourselves of them. So the second aspect of the New Year's traditions is one is removing the old, but the second one is hope for the new. And we all have a desire for the new year to be better. It's just innate within us that we want the new year to be something that is better. Um, I don't think anyone would w wish for a worse year, you know. I don't think any of us would do that. It's just in there. But, you know, the reality is what I find, for me anyway, most um, New Year's resolutions are just about wishful thinking. You know, it's the thing that you feel obliged, that you take a moment, oh, what's your New Year's resolution? Oh, we just, you know, rattle something off. But we don't really give it a lot of thought. Some people are very good at that. But most of us, we don't really give it a lot of thought. It's really just wishful thinking. And the reality is if we want 
2018 to be different, we've actually got to make a change. I remember once um, we were in the car coming home from from church one Sunday and um, I think I was probably uh, disciplining the children in a loud manner. Does anyone know that feeling? Um, And um, Steve just turned around and looked at me and said, Honey, can I just suggest that perhaps you might need to do something a little different? You've tried this way before and it hasn't worked. Perhaps you should try a new way. And it kind of went, oh, you know those moments where you kind of go, you know what, that's actually really true. I've tried this method before and it didn't do any good. It didn't change my children's behaviour. Perhaps I need to find a new way. And that's actually really what the new should be about. I've been doing things a, w- a particular way for a while and they're really not giving me the results I want. I've got to change and do it slightly differently. There's a quote here that um, Steve sent through to me which I think is fantastic. It says, yearning for a new way will not produce it. Only ending the old way can do that. You cannot hold on to the old all the while declaring that you want something new. The old will defy the new. The old will deny the new. The old will decry the new. There is only one way to bring in the new. You must make room for it. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. It is actually possible to make changes. Um, When I was doing my theology units, we had an assignment, and that assignment was to find an issue in an area in our life that we needed to change. And then what we had to do was find a spiritual discipline that we would use to help overcome that issue. And at that time, I was working with someone who was a very critical manager and very much micromanaged me. And my response to her uh, management style was I became quite boastful and self-affirming. So I would forever be telling her that I actually knew what I was doing and I didn't need, you know what I mean? It was my way of responding to that sort of sense of criticism. And so this was the issue that God, you know, highlighted for me that I wanted to deal with. And my spiritual discipline that I used to overcome this was silence. Do you know how hard silence is? Do you really know how hard that is? I had to do this for six weeks, you know? And so, and I worked closely with it. It was quite an intense time of work. And so it's like grinning and burying it. With, but you know what? I couldn't believe how often, you know, once you, once you start on that journey you realise how often. And it wasn't just with that person. I realised the more that I was doing this, it would overflow into other workplaces or other areas, you know? And I went, oh, this is getting really ugly. And so that silence thing wasn't just with that one person, but I, I brought it into other areas of my life. And I was actually able to see a real change take place. So I want to challenge you today to actually think about an area where you would like to see change in 2018. And I want to ask you to think about it in a way, I have this issue, how could I see that come about in change? So for me, it's about moving in the opposite spirit. That's how I think about these things. So if you feel like there's this sense where you're selfish, you're stingy, you know, that's the kind of area that you feel like, "Mm, maybe I'd really like to see a change, then really to move in the opposite spirit is to be generous. 
or to serve others. If it's that sort of sense of I'm angry and I'm, I'm really annoyed at some people, there's some unforgiveness there, Jesus says about blessing them, to go that extra mile and to bless them, to move in that opposite spirit, 